Hey friends, it's Fred Greenhalgh, producer here at Realm. A new episode of Ominous Thrill is ready for your ears. It's Advice After Dark. Late night radio host Belladonna delivers extreme advice to the delighted horror of her audience until a creepy listener forces her to confront the brutal consequences of her show. Here's a preview. Welcome to my live stream, Bella. Say hello to everyone. What do you want? Click the link. Watch along. I'm not clicking links from psychos. You put that trash on the radio every night and I'm the psycho. You sound like you need help. I'm not one of your fake callers. My show is very, very real. Do you want to know what it's called? No, I don't. It's called Belladonna Gets What's Coming. Starring you. What? It's really starring me, but it's all about you. And you'd be surprised how many people want to watch you get what's coming. I called the police. They'll be here any minute. Yeah, well, we should be done before they get here. Find Ominous Thrill out now, everywhere you listen. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friend. Welcome back to Adrenaline Realms Thriller Channel. I am your host, of course, Neil Helligers. So glad to be chatting with you again. We have driven through the mountains, across the plains, and of course, to the Salton Sea. So greetings. You exactly see what I did there. Um, and yeah, we have made it to the final episode of Greetings from Salton Sea. And uh, what a journey it has been. Kind of want to get right to it. Though, as we saw from the very end of the previous episode, as revelations start to come out, we are starting to see that perhaps Perhaps memory and reality, much like two brothers, can be very tricky things one to the other, and it's hard to tell which is which sometimes. But let's see if maybe some additional memories or truths are revealed in this final episode. So let's get right to it. Please enjoy. See you after. Kellen? Can you hear me? Kellen? That's not my name. Is it? Would you prefer I call you Kevin? I don't know who I am anymore. You're you. A name isn't who you are. It's just a label. We are all who we are despite our names, or what we call ourselves, or what others call us. Names are arbitrary. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Juliet was a perceptive young woman. Because she had Shakespeare to put words in her mouth. What was the name of the rescue dog you adopted? What the fuck does that matter? Humor me, please. When we got her, her name was Charo. Did you retain that name? No, we called her Lucy. So which dog was struck by the car? Charo or Lucy? Both. Exactly. So who am I? Kellen or Kevin? There's no reason you can't be both. Yeah, well, look where that's gotten me. Neither your anguish, your grief, nor your despair are the result of confusion around your identity. 
I thought you were supposed to guide me to my own conclusions, Doc. Not drag me to the trow and shove my head underwater. I'm merely pointing you in the best direction for your own peace of mind. That ship sailed a long time ago, Doc. It's guilt. Good old-fashioned guilt. That's what short-circuited my memory banks. I should have been the one to have gone to meet Vernon. He was calling me. My brother died because he was mistaken for me. That's not entirely true. Vernon couldn't tell you boys apart. It didn't matter to him which one he shot and killed. He simply wanted to dispose of an inconvenient witness, whether that was Kellen or Kevin. By any other name would smell as sweet. Yeah, I got it. So tell me this since you're so fucking smart. Why didn't I remember my brother was dead? Why did I believe all these years that he simply disappeared? Are you asking for my opinion? Well, I'm not asking you to whistle Dixie, Doc. Because you were traumatized. You were a dependent minor who was only 12 years old. You were a sensitive young boy who was in denial because the truth was too terrible to accept, much less to contemplate. You mean the fact that my father killed my brother and made me lie about it? If your brother was only missing... And he wasn't dead. And what happened wasn't my fault. By taking on your brother's name, he never died. But I did. Symbolically, yes. I still don't have a clue where we're going with this. Oh, I think you do. Because I'm the dreamer, and you're nothing more than an aspect of my dream? <laughs> I thought you preferred hallucination. Same difference. Remember what Jung said? Dreams are messages from the unconscious mind. And the darkest dreams contain imagery that not only illustrates our internal conflicts, but leads us to their resolution as well. This is the resolution. Then why do I feel so miserable? A resolution isn't the same thing as a happy ending. Why can't they be one and the same? You know I can't answer a rhetorical question. So, no one who descended into this underworld inferno with me is real. I've been alone this whole time, with a ticking metronome trying to self-hypnotize myself into enlightenment. There's no Frank, or lifeguard Lenny, or Detective Dove, or strange duck at the coroner's office. Did I even strangle Jill? Or did Vernon kill her like all the others? I don't know. Is it me and my psychosis? Or my psychosis and me? Is that how you view what's transpired? Oh, for God's sakes, Doc, you can drop the Socratic shrink-speak interrogatives now. The jig is up. We're not through here. Oh, I think we are. Why did you try to kill yourself, Callan? Why does that matter now? It matters. Because the scales fell from my eyes. And when they did, what did you see? Nothingness. Hello? Is somebody in there? Who's that? Who's out there? It's me, Lenny. 
Lifeguard Lenny. Lenny? Oh, thank God. Lenny! Can you open the door? Please? Is that you, Mr. Rucker? Hang on, fella. Give me just a minute here. Oh, thank God. Thank you. Thank you. You're real. Of course I am. You've been out in the sun again without a hat? Shame on you. You need another bottle of water? I got one in my bike basket. Oh, my. Why are you chained up like that? Somebody playing a prank? If so, it looks like it's gotten out of hand. Is this one of them fraternity things? Do you have any boat cutters on you? No, but, uh... Move along. I'll take it from here. Frank? You heard me. Skedaddle. Police, if you don't move along, I'll put a bullet in your bike tire, and then one in your tin hat. It's aluminum. You say potato, amigo. I say vamoose. I'm going, I'm going. You take care now, fella. Thanks, Lenny. Here, let me unhook you, Rucker. You know you got tears streaming down your face, right? You got some sort of seafood allergy I didn't know about? I'm so glad to see you, Frank. I am so grateful that you came back for me. I don't know how to thank you enough. You can thank me by letting go now. We're at the point where a hug becomes a tad uncomfortable. Oh, sorry. Go on, get in the car. You came back. Yeah, for my metronome. I paid a pretty penny for it at the swap meet. Want a toke? No, thanks. It worked. Your plan, it was unconventional, but it worked. Thought it might, seeing as you started out a few cards shy of a full deck. How many days was I locked in there? Days? You were in there maybe three hours max. I thought you were a hallucination. That you weren't real. <laughs> From your mouth to the IRS's ears. Trust me, Boyle, I'm as real as a heart attack. How does the dreamer know he's dreaming? Here's how. Ow! Make a note of that. You don't feel pain in a dream. And you can't smell a damn thing when you're dreaming either. Breathe deep. If you aren't nauseated by the Salton Sea stink, you're either not alive or you're not awake. Some folks say you can't read when you're dreaming, but I can personally attest that's not the case. What's this label on the bottom of my metronome? Made in Germany? I arrest my case. Is it true? Did Vernon really have something to do with all those missing women? Well, he sure as shit didn't shoot your brother and dump him into the lake lashed to a cinder block 20 years ago just for giggles. He was covering his evil ass. Based on my sworn declaration of your excited utterances and the fact of the recovered unlicensed handgun, Detective Dove was able to finagle a warrant to search the premises and grounds of 2363 Seabird Lane. She's out there as we speak. Already dug up two bodies in the backyard. Bound to be at least 17 more. Vernon buried them there? At our house? Right in the backyard pool pit. Least you now know why your parents never moved. Explains a lot, don't it? We didn't have a pool. No, but when your parents bought the house, it sure as shit had a hole dug for one. Old Vernon put on a metal cover and covered it with sod. Constructed a little tiny trap door he camouflaged with a backyard barbecue. Nobody was none the wiser. 
And with this stink, who's going to pick up the wafting scent of decomp? Not even me, and I've got a nose like a bloodhound. I think I'm going to be sick. Barf bag! <laughs> Feel better? No. Nothing came up. I think we've had this conversation before. What's going to happen to Vernon? That particular demented septuagenarian psychopath has been arrested. Considering his mental condition, I expect he won't stand trial. He'll plead, but he'll spend the rest of his life locked up. He won't even know he's in prison. He'll be conducting open houses like he was a free man. Probably collecting commissions, too. Say it with me. God, grant me the serenity to, to accept, accept the, the things, things I cannot change. You're an alcoholic, too? Oh, fuck no. I get high in life, Boyle. You ought to try it. How long have you suspected Vernon? I didn't. Not until you rolled into town like a glassy-eyed tragedian stirring up the long-settled dust. I had my sights set on lifeguard Lenny for a while. Lenny? The dude wears a tin hat. It's aluminum. Whatever. Only problem with the lifeguard as a suspect is that he never had a car. Never even had a driver's license. Hard to cruise the highway abducting working girls without wheels. You want to go see your mother, Rucker? She's still at the house. Did she know? How could she not have some inkling of what was going on? Vernon was an active predator for 30 fucking years. I mean about my brother. What do you think? No. I don't want to see her. I don't ever want to see her again. I never want to see either of them again. Good. Because here comes your ride. My ride? Come on. I got your suitcase in my trunk. Hello, friend. This is Neil Helligers, host of Adrenaline Realms Thriller Channel, and I'm here to talk to you a little bit more about the Greenlight app. And this message is, of course, sponsored by Greenlight, but I was using, our family was using the Greenlight app uh, even before the first ad in a wonderful, thrilling, cosmic coincidence, right? See what I did there? So again, to catch you up, Greenlight is a debit card and a money app that's made for families. Basically, the way it works is that parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving. And you can see exactly how much money they have in their account, and there's different ways to give them money. What we've been doing is on a, like a weekly allowance, a certain amount that goes into his account every week. So in order to further the conversation about money and about earning, uh, we're using Greenlight as a kind of a foundation for that conversation. Uh, in other words, instead of just the allowance he gets for certain base things that he's expected to do around the house, uh, we are also adding the chore feature, which is certain one-time payments for certain one-time jobs. For example, in our house, we're trying to encourage our son to start walking the dog more. He's old enough for it, he's responsible enough for it, and he's done it enough that he knows what to do. So he can really see that for all those extra times that he steps up and does the dog walk, he gets rewarded for that job well done. And this is the conversation. In life, when you work a little extra harder, you get a little extra compensation, and you can either save that up or spend it how you like. And we're not alone in this. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's a very easy and very convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and for families to navigate life together. So sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash adrenaline. That's greenlight.com slash adrenaline to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash adrenaline slash 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 slash. So thrilling, right? 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You're alive. Kevin, darling, don't cry. It's all right now. It's all right. I thought you were dead. Just a little ruse to rattle your cage, Rucker. You lied to me, Frank. When cops do it, it ain't lying. It's an investigative technique. You're not a cop anymore. Force of habit. But I'm not sorry. It's results that count. But I am sorry we let you think I was dead. That you might have even killed me. Had to be done. Had to force the issue. Buck up, boyo. Happy days are here again. Suitcase. Wallet with ID. Thanks, Uncle Frank. You're welcome, kitten. Uncle Frank? Frank is your uncle? My mother's brother. The one you told me about? The very same. Better head for the hills, kids. You don't want to still be in Salton Sea if Helen Dove decides she wants to chat. That woman is as tenacious as a bulldog with a burr up its butt. We're on our way. But what hot case was Detective Dove working on if it wasn't Jill's murder? Garden variety homicide. Somebody shot and killed Stan, the owner of the Salton Sea Motor Court Motel. He was 50 grand deep to loan sharks, and too bad for him, the insurance payout for his property burning to the ground didn't come soon enough. Probably whacked by an enforcer. Hot, but not a hot potato. Helen will solve it in a day or two. Her solve rate is through the roof. Sayonara, kiddos. See you two lovebirds at Christmas. Love you, Uncle Frank. Love you back, kitten cat. And I'll see you when I see you, Rucker. Keep your head screwed on straight. Hasta la vista, baby! My car's right over there. What? Oh. So? So? Do you still want to be called Kellen? I don't know. I've been Kellen longer than I was ever Kevin. You can call me whichever you want. In my heart, I always wanted to believe it wasn't you who disappeared. I wanted to go see you when you were in the hospital, but we moved away before I could. If I'd been able to, I would have known who you were. I always could tell you two apart. Because you cared. I still care. I care about you. I always have. Maybe I could have helped. I don't think anyone could have helped. I was catatonic for a long time. I didn't know who I was. 
I'm not okay now, Jillian. I'm a ruin. No better than Sultan C. Barely left standing. But you are still standing. You are as resilient and strong as your brother Kellen ever was. You're my Kevin. My amazing boy. No. I broke. And breaks heal. Whether bones or psyches, that's how they're made. They knit and can become strong again. <laughs> Detective Dove thought you'd gone to Hollywood to be an actress. <laughs> oh my. I'd forgotten about that. It's true, though. I dreamed of being in the movies until I was maybe 13. After that, I was academically inclined. What is it that you do, Jillian? I'm a clinical psychologist. Mostly I evaluate patients for potential psych holds. Oh, so you... When Uncle Frank called me and told me your brother's bone had been found on the beach, I knew it was only a matter of time. Delusions are fragile. They're like glass. They can't withstand much pressure. You figured out who I was. Eventually. Recently. I read everything you published online. It was gradual, but I began to realize who you were. But you followed me on Twitter. You could have... I could have what? Dissuaded you from the protective reality you'd successfully cloaked yourself in for nearly 20 years? Not so successfully. All things considered pretty damn good. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I've been biding my time, Kevin. Until you needed me. I'm not even yet sure what's real and what's not real. We've got the whole way to Seattle to figure it out. You're going home with me? Yes. And I won't ever leave your side again unless you ask me to. I won't ever ask you to. Then let's go home, my one. Puget Sound, Seattle Psychiatric Institute, Dr. Lubitsch's office, Rob speaking. Yes, I'll tell him. Reception has a confirmed delivery package for you at the desk, doctor. Uh, fine, I'll pick it up later. Where's the patient who was in here, Robbie? He was in restraints, so he couldn't have wandered off. He was admitted. Sent down to locked ward for suicide watch about a half an hour ago. Under whose authority? I had barely begun my assessment. Dr. Martins. She authorized his admittance personally. I'm sorry, I thought you knew. No, I did not. And I thought we were off to such a promising start. A shame we didn't get the chance to proceed with our discussion. Where's my metronome? Oh, uh, Dr. Martin took it with her. She took it away with her? My personal possession? I believe she took it on behalf of the patient. She said it had a calming effect on him. Oh, well then, that's all right. Please, send in our next patient. Yes, doctor, right away. And please refill the mini-fridge with some more of those electrolyte drinks, will you? Yes, doctor. Knee bone connected to the thigh bone. Thigh bone connected to the hip bone. Hip bone connected to the back bone. Hear the word of the Lord. 
It's the color of Salton Sea I will always remember. That bizarre radioactive sapphire blue. A shade that shouldn't exist in nature. The touched-up blue you find in travel posters depicting an idealized Adriatic. The blue artist Maxfield Parrish used to illustrate a sky in an ancient land that only existed in his crazy, vivid imagination. A too-good-to-be-true shade of blue. And it was too good to be true. It was both all too good and all too terrifying to be real. It was... Give it a rest, will you, Rucker? The poor, poor, pitiful stick gets old faster than yesterday's news. Frank? What? You thought you were going to ride off into the sunset with a beautiful dame? That you'd be saved by the love of a good woman? A grand plan, but that's not how it happens in real life, Boyo. How? How did you get back in my head? I'm resourceful. You left the window open, so I climbed right in. But this medication is supposed to... Supposed to what? Banish me? Not likely. I'm a fucking force of nature. This is not the happy ending I sought. What the hell am I then? Chopped liver? You think you're entitled to better treatment than all the rest of us? Why? Because you're wobbly in the head? You may be a wackadoodle, but you're not immune to real life. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there, Rucker. Not a land of milk and honey. Oh, fuck up. You gave it the old college try. You managed to mentally lasso yourself a daddy figure who would listen to your innermost whinings and offered measured consolation? Rustled up an easy-on-the-eyes skirt, willing to spout unconditional love while washing your sins away on bended knees. That's a hell of a feat. Count your blessings, son. Or don't count your chickens before they're hatched. I forget which it is. It all goes back to Christ on the cross. No last-minute reprieve. Like my old church-going granny used to say, no epiphany for the executioners that would stay their hand. Whatever the hell that means. Question for you. Why did the chicken cross the road? Is this a trick question? It sure as hell ain't a rhetorical one. That ain't my style. You got an answer? To get to the other side? Exactamundo. Same damn reason Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon. Uh, I don't think that's exactly why Caesar embarked. Uh, go with me on this. Okay, have it your way. Caesar crossed the Rubicon for the same reason the chicken crossed the road. To get to the other side. Bingo! Short and sweet is usually the answer. Anything beyond that is fluff. Just like Occam's razor. You know what Occam's razor is, Frank? Well, you know it, so I know it. What, you blank on the definition? Too much on your mind lately? Ow! <laughs> That'll clear the cobwebs. Now, old Occam said the simplest explanation is usually correct. He actually said plurality must never be posited without necessity. Well, fuck me and the horse I rode in on. Or, basically, the answer that requires the fewest assumptions is generally the correct one. Same difference, bright boy. Then what's the simple explanation? 
The bow is about to break. The bow? A bow is a main branch of a tree. Oh, I know that, Frank, or else you wouldn't know it. You mean like the lullaby, rockabye baby. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall, and down will come baby, cradle and all. Ha <laughs> ha, a classic, that one. I don't know about you, but I like to picture a dewy-eyed young mother sing-songing those words while bent over her cooing infant in her handmade cradle. Warms the heart, don't it? Classic sayings are the best, like, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Unless he lives in Sultan Sea, and he either starves to death or poisons himself. Touche. That smack upside your head did you some good. How about, give a man enough rope. And he'll hang himself. Got it in one. What was that? The bow just broke. Am I dead? Is this nothingness? You tell me, Rucker. Either you hanged yourself from the branch of a tree, or you broke like a bucking bronco out of the rodeo gate from reality. You mean a psychotic break? I'm at the precipice of a tautology. A thinking man encounters the unthinkable. No, it's not. Come on. What the fuck is it with you? Why does everything have to be so complicated? Life isn't that way. It's simple. You choose. So choose already. What's it gonna be? You got your wheels nearby, Frank? Atta boy. Wanna hit? If nothing else, it banishes the fucking Salton Sea stink. Why not? Bliss. Plain and pure. Gaseous nectar of the gods. Let's take a celebratory drive around the lake. What do you say? Well, not again. We need to drop any tail we might have picked up. How could we have... Never mind. Whoa! You finally learning to pick your battles? Well, miracles never cease. You figured it out, bright boy. The whole ball of wax. Solved the scenario. Exposed the crime. Outed your psycho daddio. Honored the memory of your dead twin. Laid your memories as bare as all those fucking bones on the beach. Exercised your demons. Or whatever the hell you want to call them. Yeah. But at what cost? Oh, don't be so hangdog. There's always a price to pay. The trick is not to look too soon at the price tag. Hey! Fucking flying rats! Buckle up. Put the pedal to the metal, Frank. Now you're talking. There's another pistol in the glove box. We'll be like Butch and Sundance rip-roaring through the California desert. Let's give these feather-brained scavengers a run for their money. So there we have it, or 
there we sort of have it. Uh, I'm a big fan of intentional ambiguity. I think it's very human. Uh, and much like with Kevin, Kellen, and we're not really sure either what is real and what isn't. But the question still comes up for me at least, did he actually, is there some part of his mind where really there's a reality where he did drive off to Seattle with Jill? Um, did we solve a crime? Did Vernon shoot anyone and then hide bodies under a barbecue in a pit in the backyard? Did the doctor even have any conversations with him whatsoever? I mean, it seemed like they actually did have conversations, but what I'm getting at here is that what reality means is as real as the conversations he really truly believed he had and as they were presented to us. But I love that liminal space. I am all about it. But a lot of this cast, uh, they know each other and they've worked together before. They worked together on The Signal and as I understand it, otherwise as well. And you can really feel that in their performances and the really solid interactions and the playfulness that they have with each other, the ease and reality that they have with each other, the tension that they build. And that can only happen with a human director, a human writer, and a human group of actors as the sun sets over Sultan Sea. And as that happens, we are spinning directly into our next season of Adrenaline, a nail-biting thriller about a true crime podcast host who's roped into a decades-old murder when she discovers that the wrong person was convicted of the crime. So Dead Air is your next adrenaline rush, and you don't want to miss it. I know you don't, and I'm in it for like a little bit. Anyway, so for more shows like these, please do follow Realm on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or at realm.fm. I'm your host, Neil Helligers. Truly, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. And until then, please do take care. Greetings from Salton Sea is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Tom Bayer, Jeff Blumberg, Marta Cross, Harry Gawillam, Jackson Gawillam, Mark Irvingson, Charlie Randazzo, Time Winters, and Tracy Winters. Post-production producer, Daniel Kamen. Sound design and editing by Charlie Randazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. You're listening to Adrenaline, greetings from Salton Sea. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Adrenaline is produced by Nicole Kreuter and Kaylin West. Associate produced by Devin Shepard. Executive produced by Molly Barton and Julian Yap. Hosted by Neil Helligers. Audio editing by Angela Yee. Original theme by Marcus Bagala. Original cover art by Kindle Thomas. Find more shows like Adrenaline by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.